Hello, come on in. It's the Generators Podcast with Trent McClellan. Huh? How are you doing? I hope you're good out there. I know, I know, I stepped away for a bit and I'm sorry. I apologize. I told you I was going to go to the store and pick up some snacks and, you know, well over a year later I, I come back. I get it. But I had to shop around. I mean, I don't want to pay an arm and a leg for chips, so I had to do some price comparisons. No, I uh, I stepped away for a bit. had a lot going on with uh, the show, 22 Minutes, obviously, moving around quite a bit. Also, my wife and I split, so that was kind of a thing that <clears throat> needed some uh, needed my attention. Everything's good. Well, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm in a really good place. I'm happy. Life is good. Um, but uh, yeah, the podcast just, uh, I'll be honest with you, just wasn't a priority in that moment. But now I'm back, baby. And uh, we got a bunch of new episodes coming back at you. I appreciate your patience for those of you who are listening from the get. And to those of you who are new listeners, welcome. Come on in and sit yourself down and enjoy these amazing conversations that I'm going to have with people. Um, got everything from comedians and actors, musicians, um, people from all different walks of life. And uh, I really just enjoy good conversation. That was the whole reason for starting this podcast in the first place is can I just have some good conversations with people and then let you find folks listen to those conversations, you know? So I've been getting great feedback from people um, from previous episodes talking about how they like to listen to it while they're driving or while they have their earbuds in at work or while they're doing stuff at home. So that makes me very happy. So I'm glad you're getting some value out of it. So we're going to keep on trucking on. Um, what else has been going on with me? I am currently right here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. We are um, into like week three, I guess, of this hour's 22 minutes and uh, had some changes in the off season, but we're excited to, to get going with season 27. Season 27. Insane. You know, for something to be on the air for 27 years. And uh, I am proud to be a part of it. And we're having a bunch of fun and writing some hilarious sketches and working with a great team as always. So excited to be back here. Plus, just an add-on to that, the weather in Halifax has been absolutely amazing since I got here. Absolutely amazing. Okay, we did have a hurricane. That was was not amazing. Although the crane that fell off the building is still just hanging on to another building. I don't know why. I don't... It's just going to let it sit there? Is that... I guess... But then again, I guess not easy to remove a crane. You know, once it's hanging off another building, you can't just go up and snare it and bring it down. I guess it takes, it's like the worst game of Jenga is what it is. Deadly. So uh, hopefully, uh, luckily no one was hurt with that thing, man, in all seriousness, because that could have been a horrible, horrible tragedy. But again, I don't think anybody was out and about during that storm. So, uh, so luckily no one was hurt or killed. So very happy that it turned out that way. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, so yeah, weather's been great. Show's been going great. We're hard at work here. And um, I've just been popping down to the comedy club there and doing some guest spots and working on some new material. And uh, I want to get out and start touring again, hopefully in the spring, early summer. I want to do a bunch of dates. But for right now, I'm just going to focus on the podcast and, um, and 22 minutes. So that's where I'm at and where things are at for me. Um, all right, let's set up this episode. So this week, this episode, I should say... <clears throat> was recorded not last summer but the summer before and uh in i think um the summer of 2018 and it's with comedian matt billen who is out of calgary 
And uh, I've known Matt since I first started stand-up. He was kind of in the comedy class or comedy group of just a few years ahead of me. So um, I kind of watched all his crew kind of develop and, and go on, and then they moved on. And Matt's kind of lived in a bunch of different places. He's never been afraid to uh, speak his mind and say what he thinks. And this uh, conversation proves to be no different. He uh, is a hilarious comedian, and he's had a really, really interesting life, lived in some really interesting places, um, was a door guy at the uh, world-famous comedy store in Los Angeles. And um, yeah, man, he's, he's had an interesting life, and this one is uh, stand-up comedy heavy for sure, and Matt's got some uh, interesting opinions on... Uh, on uh, some folks out there in the comedy world and uh, kind of what he witnessed uh, at his time at the comedy store. And uh, in part one of this, you're, you're going to hear a little bit about that. And um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good conversation and I think, uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. So welcome back to the Generators podcast. Again, appreciate your patience. I am so, so happy to be back and uh, I hope you enjoy this one. So please enjoy my chat with Matt Billen. Wicked. Um, so you did say your spot last night was good. Were you working on new stuff or were you doing just messing around? Yeah, yeah, I was messing around and uh, yeah, working on some new stuff. Yeah, yeah. I feel of... like last, last night I was like, I don't know, it never goes away. Like it's 14 years doing stand-up for me and I still feel like doing new material is still doing new material. Yeah, you know it's what I mean? exciting, yeah. It's like, it's still, but I still feel like a new comic. Like, it's still terrifying every time. Like, I think I know where the laughs are in this, but I probably don't know where the laughs are in this, and the audience is going to tell me. It's like, yeah. one, but, but once you say it the first time, it's always easier. Oh, you yeah. just have to get through the fucking first time of saying it. Absolutely. You know? So, And even shows like that, I found uh, I was actually writing on stage, like full new premises that were right. coming that were just thoughts in my mind. Yeah, yeah. But one... You know, like one new joke kind of gives you that courage or the momentum where you're like, well, fuck, I'm going to keep this rolling. Yeah. What yeah. other shit talk do I have? You know, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you're right. You know, next thing you know, I'm saying some obscure <laughs> shit and I'm like, whoa, how did I get away with that? What road am I going down here yeah. right now? Yeah, I know. Um, it's funny, too, because I like when you talk to other comedians, too, about their process. Like I was a pen and paper guy for years, like just yeah. sitting have an idea, start writing it out. And I used to write it like longhand, mm -hmm. word for word. Then I went to like more just the line and then a few bullet points. And then I never was just a guy to take something on stage and just work it. Like just yeah. go, I didn't write anything down paper. Here we go. What yeah. was, what's your process? Was it, has it changed um, over the years or is it the same as it always Oh been? yeah, it changed over the years. Like when I first started, I was doing that, you know, writing everything out. Um, you know, and then that slowly changed to, uh, just writing out point form. Yeah. You know, and at first my style was very deadpan one-liners. Yeah. And then I realized, fuck, just to write a set list was a chore <laughs> because I'd have to write about 80 words down. That's right. And yeah. like, I still can remember yeah. my set list from just for laughs when I was a kid because oh, yeah. I would just remember the trigger words, you know, like premature, uh, you know, yeah, it was just like bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Jump out. And for yeah. And now it's, I mean, I've taken a bit of time off as far as this being my bread and butter yeah, yeah. of, you know, making money just solely off stand up from when I went down to L.A. Right. So now it's like a starting over kind of and yeah. really enjoying that process of, um, yeah, writing stuff out and actually, yeah. you know, going, OK, maybe put a little bit of work into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I got that. Uh, 
school of writing from uh, the movie comedian, like Seinfeld's yep. comedian, because I saw him with the paper and the index cards, and so that was my introduction. Well, to Orny Adams him. in that, I yeah, mean, he takes it to another level where with you're like fucking file and... folders and <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, and I, and I remember going like, holy lord, like this man's got volumes of jokes, yeah, and um, but I still like my house now is cleaning the other day, and it's like still finding like you know little notebooks and. You know, yeah. you'll have a half bake. I'm like, man, that was that was a pretty good premise. I didn't do anything with that. Yeah. Or, you know, you just find these little little artifacts well, along the way. Well, it's funny too, because yeah, I mean, I when I started too, I always kind of because I started when I was like 20. Crazy. And I always thought, well, what I'm saying right now is not going to change, and you know, it's not going to change the world. It's not going to get me on Letterman. Right. Right now, in those years, were just to become in my you know in my opinion, a comic should be able to turn it off and turn it on. Yes. You know, and it should be a muscle, not a well. You yeah. know, it's not going to run dry. It's just prepare yourself to be funny on the spot. Yes. You know, but then that also can breed content. You know, you become lazy that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The next thing you know, you're just doing crowd work, which yep. is great for the crowd in front of you, but it gets you nowhere in life. No. As far as career-wise. You know, career-wise. No. You're so right. now I feel like, you know, I always thought between 35 and 45 were good years to really hit it. Yeah. It's when you're old enough that you get the respect from the younger generation. You're a little bit wiser. Yep. But you're also old enough to get the respect from the 50 plus. Yeah. Because you're not viewed as just a punk. Not you're kind of in that wheelhouse of hitting a broad, you know, a, a, the wider spread audience. Yeah, you're right. I remember when I first started and I would have been 30 at the time. And whether I look 30 or not, I remember someone coming up to me and saying, uh, I had something about politics and they were like, yeah, you're too young to talk about politics. Cause they just, they just didn't want to hear it out of the mouth of someone who looked yeah. like they didn't have RRSPs. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. And that's what I got. And I was kind of got my advice from, you know, it was like Eminem's album when he said, you know, they say, you know, talk about what you know, right. But they don't want you talking about drugs and sex. Well, and it's like, well, that's what... all you know at that age. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah, true. Cause you know, and I used to fight it too. Like, oh yeah, yeah you're the drug comic. You're funny. And I, in my head, I'd be like, motherfucker i'm so much i'm just a drug comic to you here <laughs> meanwhile i got three foot long hair fucking right. i'm rolling a joint <laughs> and i'm right. pissed off because they're calling me a drug comic I'm more than that man i'm yeah. more than that and then i went and cut my hair just out of spite and then i was like god damn it why did i do that I don't want, yeah i don't want this like, uh label anymore right oh but, yeah but that's true like i remember talking to uh some younger comedians about that about you know when you get introduced so an audience is there they don't know who they're seeing. They've just bought a ticket to go see a live comedy show. And they go, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Matty Bill. And, and you walk across the stage. And in that three to five seconds it takes for you to get to the microphone and then face the audience, say hello, whatever, they've already subconsciously kind of decided what it is you're going to talk about and what they're oh. going to give you permission to talk about. Yep. I never understood that. I was like, well, what are, what are you talking about? Like, they're just sitting there eating chicken wings, drinking beers. But... I know I do it when I watch someone. Oh, I'm absolutely. like, this person's probably going to be in this it's your natural wheelhouse. instinct, yeah, to assess what's in front of you, yeah, to be safe for yourself, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's a safety maneuver kind of thing. Yeah. But well, uh, it took me a while to kind of get my head around that. Yeah, well, that's why I always tell younger comics too when they come out firing, and I'm like, give it a couple beats. Like yes, they they were just focusing on a whole different person. Yeah, you know, and now you're coming out and giving your review where they haven't quite made an opinion yet. True. So just slow it down. Give them a moment to just absorb what they're looking at, what they're expecting. Yeah. And then hopefully you hit them with the opposite of what they're thinking. Yeah. For a big hit. Yeah. 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 Like exactly. Yeah. I've seen that too, where people come out and you don't, cause you, I was talking about this to someone else too. Like it's really good sometimes to just sit in an audience and observe again, because yeah. you know, as a performer, sometimes I'd like, Hey, I'm on stage. I'm doing my thing. You're just in your own little world as a performer, totally. but to go to a show where you just sit 
and kind of observe the comedian, yep. but also observe the audience. Mm -hmm. And you're right. People forget like, man, there's a full change of pace. Someone just went up there with a guitar yeah. and doing impressions. What was that? You a what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very uh, liberal club. They, uh, they let anything go there. <laughs> <laughs> I was more, uh, more referencing your East Coast accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I slipped, they slipped What from number was Patrick Waugh? <laughs> He was 33. Oh, there we go. Not oh. tree tree. 33? 33? 33? 33. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slip that in there. Yeah. Um, but when you sit in the audience again, you realize like, man, that is a tectonic shift of what was just on you. And especially like if you're someone's hosting a show and they just did 15 minutes establishing who they are, their speed, their cadence, what they're into. And you're completely different than that. Yeah. You can't come out and just try and throw that down their throats. Oh, yeah. They're like, whoa, we're still trying to process. Yeah, yeah. Hey, where'd that guy go that we just like? Yeah, yeah. And we don't really like you because you're forcing this thing on us. And now they're very aware of it. Like, oh, yeah. you're not like the other guy at all. Absolutely. As opposed to just let you're right, letting it settle. Uh, but those are subtle things I think you just learn over time. For sure. You know? Yeah, and, yeah. You can't teach it and you can't be taught it. Yeah. It's got to be just self, you know. Someone, do you think this, this argument comes up all the time amongst comics? And maybe it's just... You know, the old adage. I don't have a problem with yuck yucks, to be honest. <laughs> I think Mark Breslin's done a great job. And <laughs> Matt Billen doesn't need me here, everybody. He can ask his own questions and he, uh, <laughs> he'll give his own answers. <laughs> great. Edit it later. Uh, um, the whole adage, I think, of, and you see it in a societal way where people talk about back in the day and when I was this, you know, the, everyone's on their phones and all this stuff. But I see it in the comedy world where people say, and I tend to fall in this category of um, there doesn't seem to be as much respect. It seems people don't want to learn as much. It's like now if you listen to a podcast that equals, well, I, I have knowledge as yeah. opposed to actually living it and going oh, through yeah. it. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. What side are you on with that? Well, what I've seen is, you know, uh, I don't see comics hanging out at clubs like they used to. I mean, I literally slept on that couch at the Blackfoot Inn. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would just be there every week. Yeah just to learn and watch, you know, watch the headliner yeah. and watch him do multiple shows because that's where the illusion's broken. Yeah. You know, you see him two or three times, you start to realize, oh shit, that wasn't, that yeah. wasn't a natural thing. That's yeah. actually forced and, but it's so smooth. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's so much to learn by hanging out yeah. and then you also get opportunities by being there. True. And I mean, I, I've been, when I do the club here at the laugh shop, I mean, there's times where you, I go, Hey, is there any guest spots? No, unless somebody pops in and then they don't. I know. And I go, what? The? This is a city of a million people. I know. There's arguably 200 comics, and not one of them is down here eager enough to show that they care. Yeah. So, I mean, it is, yeah, it's a different, you know, or the ones that do do guest spots, they'll do a spot and then they leave. Yeah. I go, really? You don't have an hour and a half to yeah. give this show the respect that allowed you on that stage. Right. I mean, I know you're not doubling up. Where are you going on a Friday in yeah, Calgary? To hit another spot. You going yeah. to hit another spot somewhere? Yeah, Where? Tell to, me. I want to do it. You're not in LA. Yeah. But they're not. Yeah. You know, as eager it seems well, well, to I, learn from others. Well, that's what I think too. Cause I always think people say they want to have it as a career, but I'm like, you can invest hours into your career, which not, not just the part of getting on stage and performing, but like you said, being in the back of a room, watching a headliner over multiple nights, multiple shows, seeing them at a different venue. We used to hang out with yeah. comics and just write shit together. Absolutely. Get to the club an hour early, just hoping that you'd get a guest spot yeah. on a big night. You didn't get there by seven for an eight o'clock show. It's like don't even bother going. Yeah, like, you're not gonna get a. You're not. You don't have a shot. There's already. You know, there's already eight comics there sniffing Absolutely. around. And I don't. You know, again, is that well? We're just the older guys and somewhat. But I'm like, I think there's something to that of 
of that's how much you care that yeah. you you want to learn you want to be around it you just want to absorb it you know yeah well and i found there's this almost snob mentality of like oh that's old school you know i mean i've had people go oh yeah you're old school and i'm like what, what, what do you mean because i got oh i got a punchline at the end of my sentence <laughs> What a weird concept. It's derogatory. You mean like there's like a beat? You mean I got laughs per minute in here? It's not just self-righteous uh, bullshit? Right, right. You know? and But then they act like as if they're reinventing the wheel, like, oh, I got something to say. No, you're, you're masking the same jokes within whether it be looking like it's, you know, you're just casual dialogue right. or not. Yeah. But don't think for a second that you're not doing jokes. Yeah. You know, and there's these people that, yeah, I, I just know. think this younger crew that thinks... You know that there's something called old school. Yeah, you're, and you're right, and 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 kind of shoveled around in a derogatory fashion, like, oh, you talk about that. Mm. Like I, that's another thing I was telling somebody. It seems to me that hack depends on who does it. Yeah. If you look at some of the big names in stand up, and you went through like just categorized what they're talking about and what yeah. topics are, it's like if someone else did that at a at an open mic on a Monday, it'd be like, oh, really, dude? Oh, you yeah. Know? Like there's almost this this tribunal of a comedy officiados who decide what yeah. you can talk about. Totally. It's, it's like, what, how come he, they Hey, can't... if I start banging the mic on my leg right. after a punchline, right. I'm, I'm considered a hack, mm-hmm. you know, or corny or whatever. Yes. Dave Chappelle starts doing it. Right. Now all of a sudden that that's, you know, that's Oh, that's what Chappelle is. does. No, he, did, he never did that. Yeah. Yeah. How in later in life do you pick up bad habits? Yeah. Yeah. As a comedian, as, as like one of the top arguably greats. Yeah. True. Not even arguably. He's one of the greats. Yeah, no doubt. Well, just ask him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And after a while, I realized I'm like, okay, I don't think there are any rules except make them laugh. And then once you give yourself that freedom, it's like you can be looser. But I think yeah. at one point I got to a point in my career where I felt like, Excuse me. I felt like the canvas got so small based on all these rules and who was doing what. And Matty Billen's got a bit similar to that. And this topic's talked oh. about by so and so. And you're left with like this small chunk of real estate left yeah, yeah, to yeah. try and generate comedy. I'm like, well, Jesus, what's left on the bone here? Like, and the funny thing is, is I mean, that's my my biggest pet peeve with comedy and just comics in general is I I, I would love to see everybody lighten the fuck up a bit. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people miss the whole job description. Yeah. Of being a comedian. Yeah. You know, you go on Facebook, go on Twitter, and go look at the average comic. They're all statements and they're none, none of them, none, no jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're the, the most serious motherfuckers on my Facebook are my comic friends <laughs> that have the most judgmental, like no wiggle room for anyone else's opinion. Right. You know, they're the ones that are calling for censorship and they're offended. You're offended? What the fuck? <laughs> My comedian friends are offended. What? Didn't you just tell a chick to suck your dick at the show the other night because she was talking loud? You're offended? What, Roseanne? Like, what? I You're know. asking for her head? Where did it, how do, why did it turn that way? Do you, like, why do you I, think it went from, hey, man, anything goes, and it's we're all trying to have fun, to now making statements you know i don't know if it ever did change i i think i think back of the club was always serious yeah i mean i think i or must have been because i I I don't know where the turn came where all of a sudden because it must be social media plays a big role i think so and i think that dog pile yeah and just craving to like attention right like it's that validation of like i'm saying something but maybe it gets back to what you said earlier about like oh you're the drug comic I think sometimes maybe comics feel like I'm not a clown. 
Yeah. Okay. I have some depth to me. I have some. It's like, well, you're clearly not a clown. <laughs> I haven't Why seen you smile or laugh or go. <laughs> like yeah, you know. nothing you do off stage is fun. No. Right. For the, a lot. A yeah. lot are so serious. I know. And I go, oh, please, you uneducated man. Tell me what to think. <laughs> Exactly. Someone that's done very little research on the opposing view of what you think. Yeah. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. It's like, man, lighten up. Yeah. Fucking comics. I think you're right, too. Like, it's really understanding, too, that this job, like, how how ridiculous this is to even consider as a life, like a career. I honestly, this, I, I mean, I wish... I wish I'd come to the conclusion a little earlier, or maybe a, another fellow comic that I respected said it to me, but... I try to tell younger comics if they give me the time of day and I go, listen, I don't think this is ever meant to be a career. Right. You know, and that's why I've always fought it because this is my life. This is my hobby. This is my passion. It's my therapy. Mm-hmm. It was the reason that kept me alive. I love doing comedy. And that was the one thing in life that I didn't want to be paid for. I mean, it's a bonus, sure, but it's like my buddy, you know, it's like Mike McDonald used to tell me. He's like, ah, they don't pay us for the stage. They pay us for the travel. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. You know, and yeah. it's like... For me, I think comedy stand-up is just one muscle that if you're good at that, there's so many options because it's such a such something in demand that isn't something that can be taught or, you know, you can't go to a class for it to become a natural comedian. And if you know how to make people laugh, that tool is so useful. You can punch up scripts. You could write scripts. Yep. You could, I mean, there's, you can get into acting because you're acting on stage while you're repeating the fucking same hour. Yeah, yeah. You better be good at acting because it sounded <laughs> like you've just started doing that joke. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. you've been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. So yeah. there's so many, you know, there's so many uh, careers that it offers you from just that one skill of becoming a funny person. Yeah. No, but just telling jokes on its own I can only think of five comics worldwide that have made a career that never had to veer away. That you got Russell Peters. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got Dane Cook for the most part. Right. Um, Bill Burr. Yeah. Just based on stand-up. Yeah, For true. the most part. I mean, he's even he's had a branch out, but yeah, yeah, he but, can solely make his living off of stand-up. Right. Didn't want to become And that's where he star. got his crowd was solely from stand-up. It wasn't for a bit part in a no, TV no. show or All something. Podcasting also, I guess, for some folks is kind of built them an audience as well i think absolutely but podcast but they've all had to veer it wasn't just from being a funny stand-up comedian live performance yeah to then go to tv performance to then having them come out to your theaters yeah it's a really hard road to do if you're not willing to get into acting get into writing get into have your podcast like another vehicle to bring them out yeah but if you want to just solely Make your money and make your name off of stand up, and that's it. I, I don't know. Regan, Brian Regan, I think. Yeah. He's not really done any TV per se. Right. Um, but even him, I'm, I mean, he's made a comfortable living and done very well. Yeah. Absolutely. But I mean, you know, the, the stars in the eyes of, right. you know, when I was younger, thinking that this was going to be the end all. And it really is just the one tool to then branch out. Like, look at yourself. Yeah. You've done phenomenal. Yeah. But it's not like. You just solely went to stand up. Right. It's you've just you've you've tried it. You've done so many things. You keep busy. You're yeah. hustling. Yeah. I think I think do you think because someone some people argue this too as well that when you do the thing you love for a career it does kind of tarnish it and suck the fun out of it a little bit. Do you th- or do you feel that way? Absolutely. You know? I, I hate it. I always walked away from things that 
the moment a, like a festival or something was like, hey, send us a set list. <laughs> nope. <laughs> hey, if you could write out those jokes and send it to us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure thing. Sure thing. And then just keep fucking stringing them along, stringing them along till finally they're like, just just show up. Yeah, yeah. Just do not say yeah. that word. Okay? Even my comedy Please. now, he wanted me to write it all out or type it and send it to him. Did, yeah. I never did, never did, never did. Then I get there and he's like, I... Okay, we'll photocopy it. So they just photocopied my handwritten set list because it's taking the fun out of it. It's like, no, I like to just go with it. Maybe I change it. You know, I don't want to be locked into a joke that. But then I realize, well, that's what, you know, yeah. being a professional in, in the industry. And that's where right. I don't really. And well, the minute you also sign something that powers that being a bunch of people in suits who are now paying you, it's yeah. almost like, well, here's the hoops you're going to have to jump oh. through to, get, to do that. And then you they know, get to you know? edit it. And you get to watch your joke. Literally, I've seen, I forget what fest or what TV thing it was, but they, they literally, they cut out the most important part of the joke. So then when I got to the punchline, I just looked like an asshole swearing at farmers because they took out a real key part of that joke. Meanwhile, the editor's like, yeah, it fits the timeline and that's perfect. 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 Meanwhile, the you part didn't. In there and- you know, that's what I was really happy with. I mean, it was years ago, but um, with my comedy now, it was, they either... They either chop the whole joke out in its entirety or they didn't touch it. Yeah. And to me, that's the most respectful thing you could do to a performer. Yeah. Unless you're in the editing room. Because yeah. who are you? To, like, I mean, can you imagine giving a song and then being like, ah, that hook line isn't that good, but yeah. we're going to go with it's like, no, no. Rhapsody. I don't like that, uh, yeah. that choral part. We're not feeling that. But yeah, thanks for the music. We appreciate yeah, it. Meanwhile, you're just a dude that went to school for editing and you're just looking at the sound waves on it and <laughs> yeah, seeing if they right. link up. Chop it. We're good. Commercial. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Thanks. Here's your check. See you later. Absolutely. Now. Yeah, I know. I, I know what you mean. It's like. I think about that often too, where I go, okay, it's, it's become my career, part of my career, I guess, when you look at the bigger entertainment part, but also, I mean, I, I remember when I first started, like you talked about, you know, like just hanging out at the club with everybody laughing. You didn't know what the hell you were doing. You, you didn't know anything, but every night was exhilarating, adrenaline filled, traveling, like checking into hotels was awesome. Like yeah. going to a new town was awesome. Absolutely. Then after a while, all that stuff, the polish wears off that stuff. And you're yeah. like, fuck another. Well, it's funny. I thought, going down to the states to kind of rejuvenate my mm-hmm. love for everything and which it it did as far as like stand-up wise and everything but i thought maybe going to new places yep. will give you that thrill again and then i realized i may have never been to this club but it's the same thing i've been to this club though. you know yeah i'm gonna destroy standing go i'm gonna have sex with two chicks <laughs> i'm gonna wake up hung over and do it all over again right <laughs> <laughs> But you and know what I mean? His standard, it's all the same. That is his standard. That yeah, is, and it's uh, like, yeah. but I just look at it now, it's like life's too short. You know, yeah. the moment I start feeling like I'm spinning my wheels or I'm just repeating, right? time to move on. Yeah. You know, and, and shake things up. and You start having that deja vu feeling. You're like, oh, I've been here. Yeah. Oh, uh, this, I get that. Oh, that, that bartender is dating that server. They, they're exes and they're like, you know what I mean? Like you see yeah. the same storylines play oh. out in every club across North America. It's and like, I mean, there's, and I get that there's a lot of people, you know, and the comics that haven't done that. Well, yeah, you should be striving to do that because it's so fun. Yes. I mean, everyone should be a small town hero for a night. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those feelings where you're the amazing. only bar that's open and you're like, wow, everyone's in town is at this show. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's fun and it's great, but how, you know, how much longer are you going to do that? Yeah. And where does it end? Exactly. Like where, where do you, you know, if it's just about the day to day, then it's fun. But, you know, before you know it, you're the old guy in the club trying to make your stuff relevant. And... Well, I, I always, that's one of the things that I looked at my career, you know, we talked about before we started recording is just, 
you know, this thing doesn't drop you off nicely, right? Like you love it. You go after it. The years kind of fall by five years is a blink. Another five years is a blink. Um, and you're right. You go through all these experiences and I don't know if we kind of subconsciously sit back thinking one set, it's going to change my life and someone's going to come in and sweep me up and I'm going to be a star. I don't know what you think, yeah. but you know, I look at someone like, you know, Bobby Keel just passed away and you look yeah. like, you know, I, I think I, I didn't know him when he was first starting out. Obviously it was before my time, but I went, I know for a fact he must have had a time when he was just starting out. He was crushing it, and he's like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna happen for me." Like yeah. it, it's it's a matter of time. I mean, these audiences yeah. don't lie; they're loving me. It's yeah. like it's you know. So that's everybody. And then eventually, you know, you're kind of out of the game, and then what's on the other side for you? So like that well, to me is terrifying. You know? Yeah, but I mean, you're. Too, I don't believe that you ever felt that somebody was gonna come along and because you're no, a guy no, that no. you went on got it. No, no, but I understand. So many do. So many do think that. I, I know what you're saying, but I think that's what I think I realized. I think one of the things I was able to do is sit around and go, okay, talent can't be enough no. because like, look, look how many people are talented Absolutely. And, and no one knows who the hell they are. So yeah. that can't be it. No. So what's the other thing? And maybe it's being a little bit more business savvy. Maybe it's taking a few more risks commercially or business wise because this isn't enough. And then I see where the bitterness would set in for people because they're like, man, what else have I got to do? I just uh -huh. crushed tonight. And I'm still making shit money going yeah. to God knows where. So it's like, okay, well, I can do that. Or mm -hmm. I can try and take a little bit of a different route and see yeah. what happens. But Absolutely. I saw it on other people and it's frightening. Well, it shit still goes on. Yeah. I mean, that's why I left Yuck. Because I've never, you know, I, I've never felt the veil was lifted a long, long time ago for me. As far as that thinking someone's in the crowd or someone's going to do something for you. They're Exposure. going to notice you and this and this and that. <laughs> Whereas every opportunity that I that probably could have maybe led to something more kind of made me want to push back even more for some reason. Cause yeah. you're like, ah, I just nothing. I mean, even the festival, you know, just for laughs. And I mean, I get it where younger people still have that and they want to do it and hell yeah, go do it. Yep. But once you've done it and you realize that that doesn't lead to my happiness, right. Then, you know, you start to retool it. And I really think it's taking risks on your own. I mean, if you're not willing to invest back in, like, look at yourself. I mean, I've always respected that for you. You've taken risks. You've actually rented theaters. You've gotten loans. Yeah. You've done. So you're willing to roll the dice on you. Yeah. Everyone else is waiting for someone to roll the dice on them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yet yeah. they won't invest in their own. I know. I go, so then why the hell would anybody else? <laughs> exactly. You clearly don't believe in yourself enough to yeah. put what your have, own money or. What have you done for you? Yeah. No, no, no. What are you doing for me? Yeah. It's like, and I've always thought that. I remember folks who would, you know, argue over a hundred dollars to get like a good video done with like multiple cameras. And I'm like, dude, this, this footage is going to get you so much work. It's going to go on a website. It's going to be, it's going to sound professional. It's going to look professional. And you say you want to do this for a living? It's like, you're yeah. full of shit. Yeah. Like, if you really, a hundred bucks is a night at a bar. Yeah. It's like, it's it's yeah. a bunch of drinks. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? But I think it's amazing to me where people will put money and go, well, that's definitely worth it, a round of drinks and let's go. Yeah. As opposed to this clip that is going to be there for a while and get you a lot of mileage. To Absolutely. me, it's like, that. you're right. That's the difference in investing in yourself and not investing mm -hmm. in yourself. You know? I think that's what's been, I guess, maybe for what some keeps them going is that whole, oh, someone's going to discover me. Right. Whereas for myself, I'm like, God, I can't wait for the day I really start to pick up my socks and do shit for myself. <laughs> you know, because I always know it will be me that does it. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a matter of time. Like, God, when am I going to rent that theater and go do my, that? you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. make a broadcast quality DVD and then shop it around? Yeah. Because I do believe that it's, you know, if you build it and you believe in it, you can push that and there will be a market. It's Definitely. just a matter of how much do you believe in it and yeah. 
And it's never been easier, I don't think, to do it for yourself. Now, Before, I think it was, I mean, you look at your Facebook right now, I'm sure for you, if you went just through your contacts and your Facebook, you basically have a Rolodex that an agent would have had back in the 90s. Yeah, you know what and I mean? more. You have access, to, and, to, and you're right, and more. And we'll look at just your recording device right here. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, one of those mini d mini tapes. Yeah. That, uh... <laughs> <laughs> the, you press the red record and the yeah. play oh, button. We're, we're almost, I'm going to have to flip over the tape here, just one second, oh, man, and man, we're yeah. back. Hey. Okay. Hey, let me fix the tracking. Uh, okay, the tracking is... Yeah, CBC uh, allowed us to borrow this uh, little tape recorder here. This beta. Got to get it back to the studio. Uh, but I, I think you're right. You don't have to sit around and wait for permission anymore or wait to or, be chosen. And if it does happen, it's a sweet little bonus on top of that. But I think you're right. You're actually more inclined to be chosen if you are out taking risks for yourself and investing in yourself. Yeah, you know? and even then, I would love to see. I mean, I think the, the ones that I respect, a, a lot of them... They made their own vehicle and then somebody came along and went, wow, you already have this many followers. Your show already has a good outline. All right, let's tweak it and let's put some money into this. Yeah. But they didn't come with a fresh idea and we're like, oh, my God, you have to host this show. Right. It's everything you've ever wanted to do. It's perfect for you. Yeah. There's only one way to make it perfect for you. It's by creating it. Like, yeah. You know, like the Kill Tonys down in L.A. I mean, he made his own mark and now it's. You know, right. that's his vehicle. Uh, you know, somebody, these podcasts are just killing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then they go, you know, but, he, you know, Vince Avril, like his podcast, his wrestling uh, podcast, it's uh, we watch wrestling and now they're going and selling out theaters. That's insane. You know, Casey Corbin's got his, yeah. you know, his vehicle is a wrestling podcast because it's what he loves. But nobody came to him and gave him that idea and gave no. him the equipment and was like, no, just do it and roll with it. Yeah. And, and be... Everything too, I think, is thinking long game, like thinking like, look, this isn't going to be an overnight success. It's not like your podcast goes viral after five episodes. No. Like you got to do it because you love it. And then what and even is success at that? Yeah. You know, is yeah. it money? Is it comfortable to be able to live? True. You know, or is it make, for me, it would, I would love nothing more than to people to come out and watch you just shit talk. Yeah. You know, because be those other shows where you're making money, I hated them. I used to get anxiety. Like if I had to do an hour. Yeah. But a half hour in, I'd look at this like Christmas party. And I was like, God, if I stop talking right now, I actually ruin their Christmas party <laughs> and I might not pressure. get paid, but <laughs> I could ruin their night right now just by stop talking. Yeah, true. Just drop the ball. All on and then me. that's it. Yeah. And, you know, I used to hate that where it's like, yeah, it'd be fun <sighs> just for having them out for you. Like last night, I wasn't censoring anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was one of those shows where I don't know if you've ever gotten that feel. Cause you're such a likable guy and like so i i would be i'd be surprised if you have felt that like where they laughed at you but they don't like you yeah no i've you ever had, had that i've had you those. know where you just Usually like get a corporate yeah yeah you know you're like okay you're just you're you're politely just kind of encouraging me along but you're also waiting for this to be over this yeah. Is, yeah or just pushing the envelope so much that they're laughing at what you're doing but then when the laughter dies and they realize what you just made them laugh at they almost <laughs> there's spite like they, they you know they kind of resent you for that i don't like this and that's what the feeling was last night and i kind of <laughs> like it whereas I, I had a great i mean the laughs were big and bold. it was a great show yeah but the stuff i was saying i can't believe i was yeah, i mean there was a lot of conspiracy stuff in there and yeah yeah you know like just stuff that's not you right. don't normally say that you know and uh it's a funny difference where you're like okay they love they laughed hard but they're not inviting me back for dinner <laughs> That's Whereas somebody nice. that maybe not got as big a laughs, 
but it was more likable and more, hey, we want to be around this guy. Yeah, yeah. That that other guy, fucking weirdo. No, no, he was nice, but... uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we won't be inviting him back. Yeah, I mean... He'll get his own cab home. Yeah, he said, God bless Trump too many times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But that's too, and like some comedians love that, of pushing that envelope and making people leave their comfort zone a little and think a little bit, and... And I think there's there's tons of space for that too. I think it's Absolutely. great when people go like, "Whoa, why did I laugh at that? That felt uncomfortable, but I did find it really funny." Yeah. You know, it makes them kind of break down what walls they've had their whole life. You know. Well, that made me kind of realize like that's really what I like doing. You know, and if I'm not doing that, it means I'm giving in a little bit to get paid. Right. Because if it was up to people. me. I, I want to dig a hole trying to get out of it. Yeah. Then dig another hole try to get out of it. Like that whole flirting with. Because yeah. it keeps you on your toes. Yeah, you know, true. it makes me go, God damn, I can't believe I'm sad. Like, I want to make myself laugh up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as I want them to laugh, but I'm first. Yes. I want to laugh at this more than anyone. <laughs> exactly. Because otherwise, why do I do it? Exactly. I mean, I, I'll say shit that I'm literally laughing because I go, fuck, I can't. Like, you take the mic out of my hand and take this two-foot riser underneath me, and I'm not saying this off stage. That's right. You know? That's right. And it to just, me, that's where the fun, you know, that's, that's the, magic that's the dance of it, like... Wow, yeah. I got away with that. Yeah, true. I didn't think I would, but I did. And but it's kind of a scary world where there was a part where I'm looking and I was like, "Are you recording this?" And I remember I was getting laughs at that. Yeah. But we are kind of in a time where, oof, yeah, we don't have free speech. No, no, we're, we're far from. You could have woke up this morning and there'd been a video, a viral video of that. It's like, absolutely. What do we think of this comedian saying did, the following thing? Did I just call? You know, yeah. Did I make reference that Trudeau's father's Castro? <laughs> like, it's a joke. They do yeah. look awfully alike, but I mean, still a joke, right? right? But you're right. And, and you know, I, I saw, um, I don't know if he was doing this at the comedy store too, but uh, I saw Chappelle and John Mayer in Montreal, right? At yeah. JFL. And, and Dave was making people put the phones in the pouches, right? Oh, yeah. Did he yeah. do that store all the time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, he only did it during his uh, recording. Okay. He taped to the the bird nest prophecy or whatever that one was up right. in the belly room. The yeah. second, okay, essentially his fourth new right. special. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I mean he Chappelle comes in at like one o'clock in the morning, goes on for two three hours. Crazy. Um, just just getting drunk and smoking and talking shit and talking having a good shit. time. But um, he's cha- I mean, I don't know. Did you did you meet him at all? Or did you get to hang out? No, at all? I didn't get to meet him at all. It's uh. It's kind of heartbreaking. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, like somebody that grew up loving Dave Chappelle and just being such a fan and just his overall goofiness. And and yeah, this uh, now it's just I've never seen a just a bad king. Yeah. He's not good with the power. No, no, no. Very from what I've from my experience with them, very arrogant and just the ego is off the charts. Yeah? Yeah. And I mean, to even I don't even like shit talking to a fellow comedian. Right. But that's one thing where it was just, just very heartbreaking to see somebody that is so successful and so naturally funny and just respected and, and admired by so many. Right. And just to have him. I mean, there was ones where he he's looking out and he goes, I have more talent in my pinky than all you fucking guys. And he's pointing at all the comics. No way. Yeah. I mean, a month ago, he's in there, and this one English couple, and he's he's doing crowd work, and, hey, why are you guys down here? And, oh, we're Jimmy Carr fans. You know, and Jimmy Carr is the real deal. Yeah, yeah. 
a nice, you know, just Hilar- funny as fuck. Hilarious. Always has time for a fellow comedian and yeah. his fans. And just a, right? Yeah, super just nice. Just a nice, you can't say anything bad about him. Yeah. Well, Dave can. <laughs> <laughs> you know? How? And yeah. this couple, they're all like, and I actually, they're, this couple had a 15-year-old son that they didn't know because some of the clubs are no age restriction. Right. Okay, yeah. So they, their son was such a Jimmy Carr fan. Well, they come and I ID them. Sorry, you can't come in. I was working the door and, and, uh. And anyways, I go, you know what? I go, oh, we're just here. We love Jimmy Carr. And I go, you know what? I think he's in the main room lobby. I go, just as, and I just knew him enough that he's, I knew he'd be cool with it. And I go, right. just wait here. So I ran and got him. I go, Jimmy, there's a, you know, a couple from uh, Newcastle. They're big fans of yours. Their son's underage. They just, I, I, before I even ask, he goes, absolutely. Where are they? So yeah. I bring them right to him. Makes their night. Right. Kid cries because he's so touched no to meet him, right? No way. And then the son goes back to the hotel. The parents come into the show. So then cut to... Hours later, Chappelle's doing crowd work. Oh, why are you here? You go, oh, we came down to watch Jimmy Carr. He goes, oh, I know Jimmy. He's my friend. He goes, well, he opens for me. Wow. Well, let's just say Jimmy may dip his toe in the lake. I am the fucking lake. Wow. Really? That was a direct quote. And in real time, too. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, Jimmy may dip his toe in the lake. I am the fucking lake. I was like, and I did a spit take. I literally was like. I got to get out of here. Wow. <laughs> you know I what I mean? This and that's just one little story. I mean, wow. Oh, yeah. Do you think, you know, it's, it's this is a good road to go down because it's like, how does someone get to that point? I mean, there's lots of comedians who over time have been considered the greatest and had a, a, the accolades and the money and all those things. But like, where do you, where does the wiring come to go? Okay, I'm just going to be that guy now. And I leave you hanging, huh? With a cliffhanger, just like they do on a good TV show. You're like, but what, what's the, how does he answer? You don't, now you're like, I don't, I gotta tune in next week to the Generators Podcast to get the answer to that question, right? That's how I'm doing it. That's how I'm leaving you hanging. So now you gotta come back to the next episode, huh? Why not? Why not come on back, visit? I told you it'd be a cool conversation. And uh, Matt does not disappoint. So appreciate you listening to this episode. Uh, you can check out more information on me. I'm on the Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I got myself some Twitter. Um, you can just Google my name, Trent McClellan. You'll find me there. And, uh, yeah, give me a follow. You know, show me some love. I appreciate that. Um, also, if you have any, uh, want to send me an email, you can do that. Trent at TrentsComedy.com. And, uh, yeah. Let me know what you think of the podcast, uh, maybe some possible guests, any ideas you have. I'm open, man. I like learning, too. So I hope you're well. Have a fantastic week. I do appreciate you listening. And, uh, yeah, crush this week. Take care. Bye-bye.